Welcome back to the Give Me Space podcast. I hope uh, you've all been finding more space in your homes, your places of residence. This time we're going to focus more on the body itself. And just like uh, back when we first started discussing the physical world, creation and finding space in creation, I kind of mentioned that, you know, we kind of forget that we have bodies sometimes, even though we're inside them 24 (laughs) seven. I think there's a lot that kind of pushes us to shut off uh, from our bodies and our senses really. For one thing, our culture values production kind of, it's one of its highest goods, right? We all need to feel productive. Uh, If you're a woman and Let's say, I mean, I, I was a, I've been a stay-at-home mom for many years, and I, uh, I wasn't always doing coaching and things like that, you know, simultaneously. And you know, there definitely can, your self-worth can definitely take a hit. Even though you're doing this incredibly important and demanding job, I still feel like you need to prove yourself. And if you're not, you know, if your house isn't perfect and all of that, uh, you need to be more productive at home. And, you know, obviously at work, we all feel like we need to be really productive. And um, it's so easy to just start to think of our days in, you know, to-do lists and checking things off and, and seeing success and failure and how much we get done. And remember from the beginning of this podcast, we were made for more and not more to do. So we definitely want to push back against that view of human dignity and human worth. Um, So, you know, I think it's very common for us to think things like, okay, I'm just gonna ignore how hungry I am and keep working or ignore how hungry I am maybe to shrink and have a more culturally acceptable body. I know I did that a lot as a teenage girl. Um, Our, you know, because our culture does value productivity so much. I think it kind of crowds out the full use of our senses and just taking time to be aware of what our body and our senses are telling us. Um, You know, people that do things like nap, which I'm definitely going to list as, you know, something that you can do to create space in your life or for your body, uh, is seen like as a weakness, right? Once you're an adult, like I, even though um, I think we all know that we need more sleep and, and, for sure, I mean, I've always gotten kind of mad when people just talk about how important sleep is since having small children because it's just like, you know, I'm doing everything I can do here. Sometimes I just get crappy sleep. <laughs> and you, yeah, there's grace for us there. You can't, you know, always force yourself to sleep. And yet, you know, still, God made us to need sleep. We need sleep. It is not a weakness to need sleep. It's, you know, just uh, being a person, being human. So I think there's there's a lot, you know, telling us to not pay attention to our bodies. And I think, you know, as women too, we're just very, a lot of times we're in our heads. We've got so much going on, so much that we're thinking about to be present to our physical needs, to be aware of them, um, can be a lot, can be a real challenge. So in this episode, we just want to kind of get practical and focus and try and reclaim some space for our bodies to fully operate how they were intended and to just enjoy the things that they were meant to enjoy. If you're familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, um, I feel like C.S. Lewis in those books describes food a lot. (laughs) And his buddy uh, and another one of my heroes, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, 
similarly is really into sensory pleasures. Hobbits are all about good food and good company, rest, working outdoors. Um, I think they both kind of sense the importance of taking time to enjoy God's physical creation and that our modern world is consuming some of that and us with it. And I also kind of wonder, since Lewis does such a great job of writing from a childlike perspective in those books, are we closer to our senses and the physical world when we're kids? I think that I was. I think I was more aware of how things made me feel on a physical level. I was more aware of the wind and the sunshine and and just uh, like the texture, textures in my mouth, textures of my clothing, all things I've kind of shut down <laughs> and kind of ignored. Um, I always want to pay attention to things that might have been lost in childhood simply because Jesus says, I need to be like a child. And I'm always wondering, well, what aspects of that might I be missing that I could get back? Let's start by just taking a breath. <sighs> Breathing is always good. And honestly, something else we kind of forget. <laughs> of course, you're always breathing. But um, so many times I find myself that I've, wow, I've kind of caught a breath. You know, especially if I'm getting upset, I'm not breathing deeply. Uh, how many fights and meltdowns could be avoided if we just stopped and took three big deep breaths when we feel our emotions bearing down on us? So take another breath and see how some of these ideas feel. Remember, it's your body. Uh, we have different things that we like and enjoy. So these are just ideas. Anything that I mention here, I would love to hear your ideas or what works for you. But hopefully this is just going to kind of open the doorway for myself and for you to just explore a little bit about, you know, what can I do for my body that could make all of my life better, that could give me space in all of my life. If you're feeling really shut down and maybe you feel really tense in your body, I know a lot of times, you know, I get so tense and I don't, I don't even realize that I've been so tense until, you know, somebody tries to rub my shoulders or I'm finally trying to relax at night and I'm like, whoa. I'm really holding a lot of stuff here in my body. The truth is our body bears the brunt of a lot of stuff. Just the regular stress of day-to-day -day life, um, carrying kids around, uh, being hunched over in a cubicle for hours and hours or working at a computer. So there's, you know, regular stress. And a long time ago it would have been things like, you know, I don't know, if you're a guy going out hunting for the the boar or whatever if people were going to eat, you know, if you're, you know, all that farm work, my goodness, that you had to be probably stiff and sore at the end of the night. So there's, you know, regular stress, but then all the, the pain, emotional stress, whatever you're dealing with, your body carries that too. Your body carries that too. And we forget about that. And honestly, I mean, I think, I know that it's been proven in a lot of studies and stuff. I'm not going to quote any here, but if you are under a tremendous amount of stress, watch out for your body take care of it because it really, you can make yourself sick uh, with stress. It absolutely is true. So what do we do about it? Let's just start with movement. How can we move to give our bodies more space in life and also relieve stress? Now, this is not a fitness lecture, okay? Uh, I am not a fitness expert at all. And so for a minute, I just want us to forget about calories and muscle tone and just think about like what feels good for your body to do. I do run. I actually love to run. I didn't run for many, many years. I definitely used to be of the whole like, I don't run unless something's chasing me for a lot of years. And I think a lot of people that just knew me as I was growing up would be really surprised at the amount of running I do now. 
basically I just hit a really stressful season in my life. And um, long story short, that just kind of drove me to running to shake off that stress. I find it really helps when um, I can get out there and run. I'm, I'm outside. Um, often I'm, you know, getting to converse with a good friend that I run with. But when I, I run alone, though, I, I also have this just this mental clarity that kind of comes from letting go of those other responsibilities I have, getting outside and just putting one foot in front of the other. But definitely, you don't have to be a runner. Um, it's just something that has worked for me. Walking. I honestly think it serves a different purpose than running, but still getting out that same mental clarity of just putting one foot in front of the other. If alone, I can really think on a walk. I can easier listen to God sometimes. I, I have often found that he really speaks to me while I'm wandering around on a walk. It's definitely a way to silence some distractions. You know, I'm out of my house. You know, we talked last time about how stressful the house can be. Uh, it's totally free. You can walk as long, as short as you want. You can take one on lunch break. You can take one during a kid's nap or soon as dad gets home if you can't get away during the day at all. Uh, you can definitely walk with your kids, and I, I do that too, and I know that, you know, uh, sometimes they really appreciate that as well. Uh, I know some people love to dance. I am not a good dancer, uh, but I know that, you know, when I was a kid, I had no problem moving in dance and just enjoying that feeling of freedom. So I don't do a lot of dancing now, but I definitely benefited from some fitness classes that were more like dancing in nature, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but you can just turn on your favorite music and move. If you have kids, they love dance parties too. Sometimes, you know, when things have gotten tough or tense during the day, uh, I know a dance party can really turn around a grouchy group of kids and parents. <laughs> just a quick crazy dance with your kids. My husband's really good about doing that sometimes in our house. I want us to stop seeing movement as purely utilitarian. That moving our bodies isn't just about fitness and it's not some fancy extra thing in your life that you do. You have a body and a soul and our bodies were made to move and not just in this rigid utilitarian way, not just to beat them into submission, but to do what they were made to do. Again, breathing, I want to stress that again, totally free. It can take 15 seconds or as many deep breaths as you need. Just taking those deep breaths, meditating, just breathe. It can make such a huge difference on your mental and emotional and physical space. Kind of moving on from there, food. What if we really thought about our food as we ate it? Not just how many calories it has, but how aware, just being how aware of how it tastes, how it feels. How to get to your table. Some people give thanks with a prayer before eating, and that's great. And what if we practice the presence of God by being aware of our food through the whole meal? Thank you, God, for this meal. Thank you, I didn't have to cook. Or thank you, I have those ingredients on hand for a quick lunch. Or thank you for my favorite dish. Think, um, think of how it tastes. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. We all know the Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. We aren't made just to do calories in and calories out. We're intended to use those taste buds, to have social experiences around food, to be grateful for food. A quick bite in a cubicle by yourself can then become a feast of God's presence if we can kind of raise our awareness around his presence in it. Um, I love water. My dream is definitely to spend more and more of my time at the beach. I grew up very far from any ocean, but I can't explain the energy and the love that I have just around the ocean. I just love it. 
Um, right now, usually running by lake or pond is kind of the best I can do, and I enjoy that. I also really, really love baths. Not everybody does, but for me, it's a way I restore and honor my body when I can. You know, that hot bath at the end of a long day, and preferably with some lush bath bombs. Oh my gosh, I love that store. Such a problem. But anyway, <laughs> if I want to splurge, that, that's one of mine for sure. Life-changing. <laughs> uh, naps. Mentioned them earlier. Please don't get mad at me if you're a you know first-time mom and you're like, I can't, my baby. Ah. But hey, take them when you can get them, ladies. Seriously, though, sometimes they really aren't a luxury but a need. Take them without guilt. I find breathing exercises can help me nap if, you know, if you have trouble falling asleep, as I think most of us do <laughs> sometimes. Um, you know, breathing in for the count of two or three, breathing out for the count of two or three can help you kind of ease into a nap. Slowly tensing and then relaxing each set of muscles while you're lying on your bed. And there's plenty of apps uh, and things like that can help with meditations and things like that to help you sleep. Um, and just a reminder... Um, if you're feeling any resistance to any of this, you know, taking care of yourself business, uh, I just want to look at a portion of scripture that many of you may be familiar with around the same kind of thing. First Kings uh, chapter 19, you know, the prophet Elijah, he was this prophet of God in the Old Testament that was working his butt off for God, right? <laughs> he's going around, he's getting threatened, he's getting a death threat at this point. He's getting a death threat from the king's icky wife Jezebel you've at least heard the name Jezebel even if you know nothing about her and have never read the Bible that's cool um so anyway so there's this queen and she really has it in for Elijah she's killed other prophets and she says you know what just like I've killed all these other losers I'm going to kill you you know and he hears this and he's exhausted at this point and um so he runs out into the desert flees for his life he goes on a day's journey and then he goes on another day's journey and he says he came to a lone broom brush bush and collapsed in its shade, wanting in the worst way to be done with it all and to just die. Enough of this, God. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. Exhausted, he fell asleep under the lone broom brush. Suddenly an angel shook him awake and said, get up, eat. He looked around and to his surprise, right by his head, was a loaf of bread baked on some coals and a jug of water. I mean, that's that's right up my alley, personally, to wake up and have fresh bread by my head. That sounds cool. He ate the meal and went back to sleep. The angel of God came back, shook him awake again, and said, Get up and eat some more. You've got a long journey ahead of you. So he got up, he ate, and drank again. He drank his fill and set out. Nourished by that meal, he walked 40 days and nights all the way to the mountain of God. To Horeb. And when he got there, he crawled into a cave and he went to sleep. Then the word of God came to him. So Elijah, what are you doing here? I've been working my heart out for the God of the angel army, said Elijah. The people of Israel have abandoned your covenant. They've destroyed the places of worship and murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. So the people he's, you know, ultimately trying to serve or trying to kill him, he's pretty upset. I would be too. Then he was told, go stand on the mountain at attention before God. God will pass by. A hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God. But God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire. But God wasn't in the fire. 
and after the fire a gentle and quiet whisper. When Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled his face with his cloak, went to the mouth of the cave, and just stood there. A quiet voice asked, So, Elijah, now tell me, what are you doing here? Elijah said it again. I've been working my heart out for God, the God of the angel armies, because the people of Israel have abandoned your covenant, destroyed your places of worship, and murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Well, basically, God, you know, God helps them. God gives them all these things to do. He ends up setting him up with Elisha, who becomes a right-hand man for him, you know, perfect assistant. <laughs> but, you know, what we often notice about that story is that this great spiritual man, this great prophet, uh, the first thing he's told to do is to get some sleep and eat, get some more sleep and get some more food, you know, <laughs> like it's repeated. You need to sleep, man. You got a big job to do. <laughs> so please don't feel bad about taking care of yourself a little bit. Um, and, you know, I just want to encourage you, don't just take care of your body like you would a car getting its oil changed. Your body's not a machine, okay? It's not really just about how many reps you do at the gym or all the calories in, calories out. Take care of it in a way that you enjoy. Take care of it that, you know, in a way that gives it room to, to breathe and experience the world around it. it um, in a way that erases your awareness around God in your life and creates space in other areas of your life. You know, because our society will kind of boil down taking care of your body to just just fitness, right? You might feel like, I'm at the gym five days a week and I eat salads for every lunch that you're taking care of yourself. But there's a lot more to it than that. You were made for more than just losing weight. And your body needs a lot more than just a certain amount of calories and sleep. And frankly, it has a lot more to offer you than even the amazing things it does for you day in and day out. If we take care of our body in some of the ways described here or other awesome ideas you have and what your body enjoys, we might find that it naturally produces more space in our life and our hearts. So again, what works for me may not be what works for you. I was just throwing out some ideas. Feel free to shoot me an email, uh, find me on Facebook or whatever if you've got some other ideas, but get out there, explore, make space for your body, honor it. Give it rest when it asks for rest. Try to listen to it. You know, if it's got a pain or something, just, just be aware of it. But it is a gift. Uh, and receive it. Receive that gift. <laughs> You're worth it. Your body's a gift, and it's worth it. Uh, have a great week, and I hope you'll join me next time.